This is the Let's Unpack That Podcast. I'm your host, Lyle Barons. Thank you very much for tuning in. Today we're gonna talk, um, we're gonna talk that uh XO tour life. We're gonna talk going on the road. And uh, you know, I'm I'm not gonna do like I've done on some shows that like there was one episode where like I gave you guys a full recap of my time in the Bahamas and I listened back to that episode. And I was like, this I didn't need to do all that. It's so we're gonna do like a more concise flowing episode of what it's like going out of uh what, what it was like my time on on a tour in the rest belt and uh hope you guys enjoy the episode look there's a lot of shit going on right now you know uh israel and palestine war in ukraine uh heavy stuff going on right now and there are pods where you can get that take and this is not going to be that pod i feel like i need to acknowledge that because because, you know, there's a thing that people do with comics where they kind of, like, expect us to, like, have a, a take on everything. And I think a thing that you motherfuckers need to realize is not... And it's not that I don't care. Let me not let me not say that. But it's there are certain things where it's like you don't have skin in the game. You're not educated enough. Best to just leave it alone. Best to just not... Cause you know, you know, like a thing that I I never want to do is I never want to sound stupid and not on record while I'm being an artist, while I'm being an entertainer. I don't want to sound stupid and not like I'm I'm not afraid to look stupid because like I'm a fucking stand up comedian. Like I don't mean that, but here's an example. So here's a podcast that I like. Uh, Bomani Bomani Jones. Uh, has, I think it's called like the Right Time. Uh, and I love him when he's with Dominic, Dominic Foxworthy at one point they, uh, you know, and they talk like sports and a lot of things and they are like, they're top tier podcasters. There's certain people where I'm like, this is goat level potting, you know, and, and they're up there with that said, uh, they were talking, excuse me. They're talking to Chris Rock special and there were, and obviously stand up comedy, is something I know very well. And they was talking in Chris Rock special and they got they're talking about um you know him talking about the slap and they're like, you know, he seems like he's still hurt. Like he just needs to get out. And Bomani has a way where he like you know, like he Bomani doesn't use like a lot of profanity, but he's said like he thinks millennials are bitches, he thinks Drake's a bitch. Like you can read between the lines and you can kind of hear how he feels about things. And, you know, he, he, was, he was talking to shit uh, about it, and he was like, and they're both like, yeah, I just don't, and it's like, okay, you get you guys sound like some dumb sports niggas now, because it's like, one, Chris Rock, like, he didn't, he's like, he's still talking about it, it's like, no, all you motherfuckers is talking about it. he never talked about it, he just did his stand-up, he did not do one interview, he waited until, he, he waited until, like, it was time to drop the special, because obviously you want eyes on the special, and he did it live to, you know, because Chris's last few specials, he's been doing different hooks, like, he did the one where he filmed the special in three different locations, and, you know, he likes to, he likes to keep shit, you know, interesting, like, as, as the goats do, um, but yeah, just their whole thing was just like, how is he not over that? It's like, the nigga got smacked, y'all made a million memes for it, and he didn't, and then, like, he waits a year, then he wants to say some shit in his art, you guys are gonna tell him, you guys sound stupid, you guys sound like just fucking dumb, sport-centric motherfuckers, and it's like, because they were commenting on a world that they're not in, like, it's like, what, you think he's supposed to drop a special, like, you know, two weeks after it happens, like, he's not a fucking rapper, it's not like dropping a single, especially rappers, songs are like two minutes and 30 seconds now, anyways, like, niggas don't even really make songs anymore, but anyway, so, I don't want to talk about things in, like, where I could, um, just straight up sound stupid, and especially when there's people that can give you better takes. Like one, that like there's people that you could just obviously inform you better because this is not a news show. So, anyways, I just had to say that in case like somebody's listening here, like why isn't he talking about it? It's because I got just too much respect for uh, people that have skin in the game with anything, and I hate when people speak about. Like I would hate when I would hear. People uh, talk about things in black culture and nigga them, and they were not black, and they not, and they definitely not niggas, and they definitely not black, and I'd have to hear they two cents, whether it be about Kobe or Nipsey, and or or and just various things uh, th- throughout the culture. So 
I'm going to show that same respect that I want. With that said, enjoy the show. I am back home. And boy, does it feel good to be back home. I was on a road for seven days straight. And I don't want to do like a whole, I don't want to like do like an in-depth thing of every day and every city. Because I got to save some stories for things. This is like being in a relationship, you know. You can't you can't use all your good stories up, you know. Plus, plus some stories, uh, you know, we'll insert them in other times. But j- just to give you guys a, a quick recap of... Uh, the past like intense seven days on the road. By the by, because this is like my Vietnam. By the way, I feel like I feel like it's socially acceptable for us to call things like our Vietnam, you know, jokingly for like something that obviously is not like intense as going to war. I feel like that's socially acceptable because if we say like 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 we can't say the Gulf War because it was like oh so what it's, you you had a bad two hours. You know, uh, we can't say Iraq, you know, because we're like, we should have been in there in the first place, man. You know, and like all the Islamophobia that, that happened after it. You know, you, you can't say World War II because it's like, how dare you compare that to the Holocaust? You know, like you can't. It, so it's like we say, I feel like saying like this was our Vietnam is socially acceptable. But anyways, um, I had a show Friday night in L.A., Good, fun, packed show. After the show, uh, head back, got slept for like a few hours, had like a 7 a.m. flight, so I'm at LAX by like 6 o'clock, just nearly made it. Thank God I got fucking clear. On the flight, have some drinks, in and out of sleep, uh, land in Kansas City, Missouri, wait about 30 minutes. New uh new uh flight attendant uh shift comes on, then we and I move up some rows. Then we land in Milwaukee, first stop on the tour, and I went to this spot because I'm like, you know what, I'm gonna be like I'm gonna be deep in the Midwest, and like Milwaukee is like 45 minutes away or so from Chicago, 45 minutes without traffic, two hours, you know, if you go during the day. I was like, I'm gonna be eating like a lot of fucking like comedy club food, a lot of meat and potatoes, a lot of, like, just quick grab-and-go. Um, I ate a lot of, like, that Whole Foods buffet bullshit. I ate the fucking, um, the, the Whole Foods sushi. Just just a, a lot of plastic under-seasoned food. So I'm like, all right, let me get something a little kind of ethnic-y. I know it's not going to be as good as California. But I went to the spot called uh, Mo- Momo Me Asian Cuisine. It is... Uh, in by the way, they didn't hook me up with any free shit. I'm just saying, if you're in Milwaukee, that's a good place to go. It's obvious, like it, it was fusion, so it wasn't as good as like some Asian food you would get in L.A., New York, Bay Area. But it was like it was like the type of food where it, it's like just above some uh, the level of some food you would eat on a college campus. So I had that, then called an Uber, took it to the venue for the Milwaukee show. It was at a brewery. It's called Spreacher Brewery, something like that. I don't. It doesn't matter. The shows are fucking over. <laughs> so, called Uber and I get this Uber driver. And it's like this black dude, and he's like, uh, he's 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 like, yeah, man, what you doing out here? You know, he's uh, it turns out he like does security for like a lot of rappers, and he told me that he was like in Iraq, and he was like a. I don't know, like a private contractor or something, and like basically his job was when he was over there, it was like to keep motherfuckers alive and then now over here it's like he does like actual security and like has like obviously like legal guns on him and all that type of shit and he said honestly going protecting motherfuckers in Iraq was easier than protecting these rappers cause like they be out here with their jewels like motherfuckers wanna rob them and it be like the old niggas be listening like Master P and certain like the, the OGs, we tell them no, don't go here, don't go there. Like you know, they'd be like, okay, okay, I trust you. But it'd be like, it'd be like the young niggas that just be inviting it with the jewelry. Uh, Boosie badass, he don't want to listen. I was like, well, Boosie badass is an old nigga, but I, I, I hear what you're saying. <laughs> and he was, and he was just telling me he's like, yeah, and all these like young rappers, man, they, cause you know, it's like it's it's like Milwaukee right near Chicago. All them niggas country as hell. Like they all like. Like, Chicago niggas is just, like, Mississippi niggas with some skyscrapers. <laughs> and some, and some, and some uh, mo eyes on them. But, um, 
he, he's telling me about all that, and and I'm like, damn, that's like that's that's fucking crazy. Anyways, uh, yeah, Milwaukee show was fucking fun. I'm sorry, I've been like podding a while. I haven't been home. It's crazy week. Excuse my abrupt pauses. Uh, Milwaukee was fun. Go go to Chicago Lairheads. Columbus. Uh, Columbus was the next night. Columbus was fun. I was we were in Columbus for uh, staying in Columbus two nights. One show in Columbus. Columbus. I was like, there is a moment where I was like, you know, I could actually like live here. Like I had like a few hours where I was like, you know what? Like maybe when I'm like, you know, in my mid forties, like, and you know, I I kind of doubt like the the major American cities, you know, they're going to get worse before they get better. And then like, if they just continue to keep getting worse over the next, like, you know, 10, 12 years, I'm like, cause Columbus is like really clean. It's like enough of a city. There was like, people were nice. Like also my bar tabs, like I was drinking like nothing but Casamigos and like my bar tab was like $30 and I probably had like three, four drinks after the show. I was like, this is fucking incredible. Like there's, it's enough, Ohio's got, like, enough comedy clubs, and there's enough enough stuff around where you can work, like, I was, like, really playing it out in my head, like, a version of me that lives in Columbus, and I'm like, oh, man, I, I, can, I can convince my mom to move out here, like, rent will be cheap, like, I can, if I got gigs in the East Coast, in the South, West Coast, it'll be easy to get to, like, I was, like, really working it out in my head, and then, I, I I I had a drink with a lady after the show, and uh, it was funny. We were talking, and then she was like saying how she lived in um something like uh Charleston, South Carolina, and I was like, and, and I <laughs> and she was like, yeah, I lived there, and I lived there for a minute, and then I was like, oh, like, well, you know, like the. What about them niggas with the tiki torches? Like, that was like, that's like, bro, you talk like, like, you know, it's a white bitch, obviously. And we had a conversation. She's like, oh, I didn't even know about that. I was like, wait, you didn't know, like, the, the fine people on both sides? Like, what, what the fuck? And then it, she was like, well, I just don't like paying attention to the news because I'd rather not be swayed to one way or the other. And, and I was just like, wait, is this bitch telling me she doesn't know how to take in information? Like, she's like, that's like, because that's what it sounded like to me. Like, I know what she was saying. She's like, I don't trust mainstream media. And it's like, I mean, you don't want to trust mainstream media blindly. But the thing about mainstream media is you're going to get, like, obviously you're going to get shit wrong and they will, but the difference is with mainstream media as opposed to, like, these little fucking, you know, boutique bullshit websites is mainstream media will retract a statement. Mainstream media will because there is a certain, you know, standard, you know, whether you're talking like, you know, the Times and various other, uh, you know, TV networks, you know, your ABCs, your CBSs and so on. I don't want to, I don't want to go on a whole side thing about that, but I was just kind of like, how do you like not know that? Like, that? I don't know. It's just kind of like, because I... I I think, like, man, imagine talking to... Because, like, in California, like, in big coastal cities, you're not going to meet people that are just kind of like, oh, I just prefer not to know. Like, you'll have people that just may not have an opinion on it or may just not want to talk about it, but it's like, you're not going to have anybody that's just like, oh, I just shut everything out. Like, you know, we're, we're pretty well-informed in the, the big coastal cities. And then I just found myself getting, like, turned off and just like, oh, God, ugh. Like this is, these is, but these are the types of fucking people that are out here. The people that like don't really, you know, that that can, because it's also like to be a white person and to be like I just shut everything out. That is like a, a real privilege to to be able to do that. And I mean, honestly, it's not even just about being white. It's like because I don't know. Just, Ugh, that, that just that really that shit threw me for a fucking loop, and then and then I was kind of like, yeah, I don't I don't know if I could like really, really be out here like that. Nice girl though. Um, then the next night we were in. Uh, oh yeah, also I saw they had like a really cool market that reminded me it was like a mini version of like Pike Street uh, Market in uh, Seattle. They had that in Columbus, got some Ethiopian food there, and I was like, all right, they kind of, they got their, like, they got some shit. 
Uh, oh, and I got to because I had to get like some new. Head- I've 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 been. I got like I no. I'm no longer team AirPods. Like we're not. We're in a fucking recession. I don't have the money to be buying AirPods all the time and support my like sneaker and wine habits. So I was like, so I'm I'm back on the on the court. I think we're all back on the courts. We've all kind of like given up on AirPods. But so I went to the Ohio State University to get some uh, to get some headphones, and I was walking around the campus. It's a fucking beautiful campus, by the way, especially for a state school. I was like, damn, this is this shit is fucking nice. I, I kind of want to go to I just like pass by. What was it? Michigan? Because Michigan State is in Detroit. Is it? I don't know. I don't I don't care. I don't. I only watch NBA, but I kind of did. I kind of do want to compare campuses. Uh, no, no, it was beautiful campus at, uh, the Ohio State University. Uh, but yeah, next we, we had a show originally in Cincinnati, Ohio, uh, politics, uh, were at play. So the show got moved to a venue in, uh, Dayton, Kentucky, right across the river. And the show was at this place uh, called the Commonwealth and it's a former church. Cause there's like a lot of like, uh, abandoned churches or maybe not abandoned but you know places that are not well no abandoned churches and places that are not uh functioning churches anymore in the midwest and we did and this show is like it's a it's a comedy club operate it's in a fucking old church in the green room you go downstairs and it's crazy because it was like the green room was like it was just really like yeah this looks like an abandoned church and then you, you walk through it and you see their inventory of their drinks and, and their, their, their snacks, their chips and shit. And then the green room was fucking nice. It was like new paint job, new, like nice carpet. I get on, I put on uh max, put on the NBA game and I'm like fucking chilling. Uh, that, that, that was, that was quite the fucking experience. Also like going into Cincinnati, I'm like, you know, so many cities are like the fucking same. I'm like, like, Nashville, Portland, Seattle, Cincinnati, Ohio, Pittsburgh, PA, where it's like, it, it's like some big skyscrapers, uh, there, there's a fucking river, uh, there, there's an arena where like, uh, a team or two play, there's, the uh, the big college team, and that, and there's like the little area of the city where it's the the fucking warehouses, and there's some breweries, and like, this area is really coming up, it's funny, in Milwaukee, there's a couple of those, like, uh, you know, if you're bored, and you want to do something, they were telling me about some area, and they said, like, yeah, it's kind of funky, like, you know, we, we don't really like it, but it's something to see, and I said, that's kind of more like an activity when you live, I told them, that this old white couple, I was like, that's, when I was at the bar at uh, Momo Me in Milwaukee, I said, that's an activity for when you live somewhere, you want to do that? Like, you don't do that when you're visiting somewhere. Like, we all got that side of town that's like, oh, yeah, they got uh, they, they got art supplies, and there's, like, there's seven breweries, and then there's a there's a brunch spot that's a little too expensive, but it's got a nice interior, and they have fresh ingredients, but the it's, like, goat cheese and eggs and bullshit, and, yeah, like, we got the, anyways, I'm saying is, like, I'm really like, man, every fucking city kind of, like, Looks the same, but there's something about like when you see that. Even St. Louis, St. Louis, they got like their river and they got like their little side of town that's kind of like bohemian, artsy bullshit. You know, it's all it's all the fucking same. Uh, Buffalo, I don't want to talk too much about the crowds. I'm trying to tell you like what I little can I, I, about the cities, but Buffalo was some of the most miserable motherfuckers I ever performed for. Oh, uh, the crowd was all white. There were, there were, and like, you know, I'm like, I'm like opening for Sammy Obeyed and like, it's one thing about opening for Sammy is he brings out all the Arabs and Indians in the city. Like when we did St. Louis, we got the fucking Indian population out. You know, he's, you know, we, 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 we see the, we see the Brown community. We see the Arabs, Indians is, and so on. Um, but yeah, yeah, they were not out in the two cities. They, I did not really see them was uh was Buffalo and Cleveland. Every other city that was out. Um now nah, but Buffalo it was just like I was like how miserable are you motherfuckers? Like <laughs> they had like this very and I I, I hit up uh, my boy out of New York, uh Matt McCoy, because he's done uh Buffalo a few times and he was like and by the way, the stat like it's Helium Comedy Club. So Helium Comedy Club is like some of the most professional. 
in my opinion, I, I would say it's the most professional comedy club in America. Most professional chain. I don't know about individual comedy club, but the most professional chain uh, of comedy clubs in America. Like, you know, they definitely take care of you. <coughs> Excuse me. But yeah, so I hit up Matt and I'm like, yo, these is... These motherfuckers are horrible. He's like, oh, yeah, that checks out. They definitely have a real, like, dance for me sort of thing. And uh, at the club, it was like the the GM. It was it was his birthday. So it was like after people cl- cleared out. And I stayed there until, like, 3 a.m. I was like, I wanted beer pong. Dog, I was cooning so hard with the staff. I was drinking Casamigos all night, eating cake. I was having a fucking blast. That, that, that shit was a good fucking time. That was a great fucking time. Like, after, like, it was a great time compared to, like, how bad, it was also, like, it was, like, a five and a half hour drive, and, dude, there's a thing, like, I have this sort of thing where I'm, like, your job is to motherfucking bring it. That's your job as a performer. Your job is to motherfucking, like, Kobe, Kobe Bryant's Muse is a documentary, because, like, for me, I don't, like, watch a lot of stand-up specials, so for me, it's, like, I find inspiration like in different things like watching things like Jay-Z's Fade to Black or Kobe Bryant's Muse or uh Kobe's Muse is like really underrated I think like not a lot of people saw it because it was on Showtime and he put it out when he was still playing so there wasn't like enough like hey look at this it was just a shame um or or uh the Defiant Ones the Dr. Dre and Jimmy Iovine story like Shit like that is where, like, I'll, I'll find inspiration in, like, the process and going. Especially because comedy is, like, a, a, a year-round thing that you gotta you gotta stay on it. And, you know, it's hard to, like, just be in love with something all the time. Uh, or a person all the time. It's, it, it's hard to, like, just keep that love constantly, constantly, constantly going, you know. Excuse me. Um, what was it? What, what what the fuck was the point that I was making? God, see, this is the thing about tangents. Um, no, no, yeah, but the point that I was making though, but it's like as a comic, it's like I feel like it is our job to fucking bring it. Like people pay their money, even if they got comp tickets. It's uh, well, I don't like when people get comp tickets, but it's like all right, they still paying for food and drinks. It's like, well, actually, fuck the comp ticket people. But it's like, people people got dressed, people paid their money, people got a sitter, people did what they did. It is your job to motherfucking bring it. Okay? Unless unless it was comp, then, like, work out, you know? But fucking bring it. And it's not to say every show is going to be, like, an HBO special. And especially is like, you, you, you do have to adapt to the room. So, like, a thing that I, like, a very early a lesson I learned early on in... Uh, this journey is if everybody's just kind of sitting there like mm-hmm, you can't come out on 10 you kind of have to match that like well at least what I like to do is I like to adapt to the crowd's energy and bring them into my energy with all that said if we in a car for like five and a half hours on our way to fucking perform for you motherfuckers don't just uh, huh, huh, I'm not like do you know what we had to do do you know what our day was you know, and like, especially like when you're on the road, all sorts of things can happen. Like you can see like sides of different sides of uh, the people that you're on the road with. And some of them are more shitty than others. And people can be moody. You can be with comics are just like, oh, I didn't know that you was capable of really just acting like a bitch. Like it's all. And I'm not saying that happened this time. But I'm just saying these are things that could happen and they don't give it up. So I'm just like, man, fuck Buffalo. I did get to see Niagara Falls, though. That was truly... I saw Niagara Falls for like 15 minutes, went to the state park. And then we were like... There's like some skyscraper, some big buildings around. Like, oh shit, Niagara's like a little fucking city. It saw it for like 15 minutes, which is all you need. Like, I feel like, you know, Mount Rushmore, Niagara Falls. Uh, uh, what else? Uh, Grand Canyon. Unless you're like high out of your mind, you don't really need more than 15 minutes. But I saw it, it was beautiful, it's the mist, you saw the boats, I saw all the, all the fucking disheveled tourists looking around at it too. I say it like I'm a local, like, oh, the fucking tourist. But uh, yeah, no, no, that was cool. Uh, next night was Cleveland. Cleveland was like, Columbus was nicer. 
you know, because, you know, Columbus is like really clean. Cleveland, uh, where the club was, it was like this little kind of like alley and you go straight down. Not like this. I don't want to call it an alley, but this like walkway that was very reminiscent of like something like Las Vegas. And you go like the, the comedy club. We was at Hilarities was right there. It was some some bars and some restaurants and like just like the very big bar, not like a nice sit down white tablecloth spots, but stuff where it's like a big menu there's something for everybody which means there's nothing for anybody but if you you just there to for fuel and be around a bunch of people is those this is like very festive and you keep walking straight and you see uh the cleveland Caval- cleveland Ca- cavaliers arena and can i tell you i know bronze still in the league but i feel like he should fucking have a statue out there already you know it just feels weird it's like dude he, come on he, he made this city a fucking thing i heard but oh it was funny he's in cleveland i asked somebody like Yo, I heard a bunch of reports that, like, you know, LeBron really, his presence really, like, boosted the economy of, uh, like, when he came back and, like, how many runs did they they went on from, like, because what, what, the Cavs runs was, like, 2015 to 2018. Yeah, because the Raptors was was 2019. Because, like, I'll tell you, like, living living in uh, Oakland during that time, I would say when the Warriors was like really playing well, I noticed like a sort of boom in Oakland. It was also like that boom was kind of going to occur because Oakland was becoming like more of like a foodie destination. You had tech, you know, San Francisco with tech right across. So like obviously that's going to trickle right across the bridge. But I will say it's like also like a lot of uh, bars and restaurants were like taking advantage of the fact that so many people wanted to come out to watch the Warriors and you know, we're in an era of, like, a lot of people are cord cutters, and, you know, it's like, a lot of people aren't gonna go to all the trouble to get league pass, and then, like, the place where you can illegally stream the shit, like, crack streams or whatever, it's not always reliable, and you don't want your computer to get AIDS, so you're like, yeah, I'm gonna go out. Anyways, I noticed a boom, so I was like, yo, like, do you guys, but also, like, for comedy shows, it, like, really sucked when there's Went in playing well because somebody. I mean, I like it was one comic. He came through, and he was like, uh, "It was like packed out." One time he was there. It was it was Mateen, Mateen Stewart. It was it was like packed out, standing room only. Then Mateen came by to do it another time, and it was like seven people there. And he just looked at me and said, "Warriors." I said, "Yep." And it was when uh, the Warriors was playing the Rockets when uh it was Chris Paul and Harden when. They, they almost, like, that was, like, the closest, I think that was, like, the closest the Warriors got to, like, not getting out of the playoffs during that run. Anyways, I said I had to say, like, I asked this guy, I was like, yo, like, did Bron's presence kind of, like, give it a boom? And he's like, you know, like, a little bit. People say that, but we were going to fucking come up regardless. I was like, okay, that's very confident. And, like, there's also, there's got to be a 30 for 30 about the Bay and, and Cleveland and the economic shifts of like Oakland and um in Cleveland and and the rivalry. I don't know. Somebody's got to do something about that. And like just what it was like living in that time and it's like they should have like they should have like artists from both sides in it and talk like I think that'd be fun. That'd be a great 30 for 30. And it's it's still too soon to do it now. Um Anyways, did that then um, then the next night was Pittsburgh, which was nice because Pittsburgh was only like a two-hour drive, and all the other drives were like, on average, three, longest one being like five and a half. So it's like, oh, two hours and we're there? Fuck yeah. Getting to Pittsburgh, raining. It's, again, you see the bridges and the river, and you see the arenas, and get in. And had a show at City Winery. I had the fucking time of my life. It was the the, the CEO of the show was there. He really liked my stuff. He's like, reach out, like, reach out, let's do some stuff. That was fucking great. Uh, the the City Winery is really like a place that is. It's kind of like my dream come true. It's like they they have like food pairings for every sort of wine, and 
I like I thought like I was like oh is, is this gonna be like wine from like New York like from upstate New York and some bullshit ice wine and some some shitty cab from no they had like wine from California there and it but like you know they branded themselves and oh my god I I cannot tell you how much fucking fun I had out there that was one of the best times I've ever oh my god one one of my favorite venues professional staff and then I was told that while I was on stage in Pittsburgh. The entire black staff stopped working, which was not hard to believe. <laughs> they stopped working to watch my set. And I was like, I am him. I'm really in my bag. <coughs> then uh, I was getting ready to fly back out west. And then there was weather. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to fly to Oakland to see my mom. Fuck it. Then I'm told... It because of weather, it was like snowing hard, and blah 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 blah. Had to fly into SFO, get an SFO at like 1:30 a.m. Take a Uber, phone's dying. See my mom. It was great. I had like two days where I'm seeing my mom. I was in the bay, j- just recharging, resetting. Cause I was like, I'm not going home to my messy home. There's nobody to cook for me. There's nobody to. Go out and grab something. Like, I need... Because, you know, like, the thing about... I wanted to be pampered. I'm not going to lie. It's also been a few... It's been a minute since I've seen my mom. Because, you know, the thing that happens, like, when you get off the road, you really do need a detox. Because so many things can happen. It's like you're dealing with... Like, you're with the same people for hours. I was also like... I need, like... I'm like... I'm you hearing these motherfuckers on stage, and then you're hearing them edit their clips, I'm like, you know, shout out Sammy Obeyed, but I'm tired of hearing that motherfucker's voice, I was hearing that shit on the stage, I was hearing him, and he, like, he barely says anything in the car to me, but he's like, he, he, he a moody prick, but he's like, <laughs> is, is, he's like editing his clips and shit, and I'm like, I cannot hear, like, I need new motherfuckers voices in my head, it's kind of like after you binge watch a TV show, and you got like the characters' voices in your head, and like all their idiosyncrasies. Like you almost feel like you could do a parody of them. You start kind of talking like the characters on the show. You know that's like like that's also like how I know like if I like a show or not. If like the way that they talk, like I'm just kind of like oh I can't. Like Winning Time is a show where I'm just like dude fuck this shit. Because Winning Time every fucking every fucking episode is like the fucking same. It's like Magic Johnson sounds like such a bitch on Winning Time. You know, it's just like, come on, Dr. Bus, you need to give me a chance. Irvin, I want you to be happy, but you got to know, the white man always wins. Come on, Cookie. I fell in love with Irvin, not Magic. I'm showing you, Magic can love you like Irvin. Come on, come to LA. And then the fucking, the guy that plays Kareem is like the worst fucking actor ever. I am an intellectual supreme. This is not what I planned for the offense. Are we to play defense like this? Like what? Like what? <laughs> like, like why does this nigga talk like a dubbed over fucking kung fu movie or some shit? Like it, oh God. I don't know. I, people are like so sad. Winning time got canceled. And by the way, I'm still like, why? I'm gonna finish season two because I'm like, you know, like why not? You know, I, I already finished The Last of Us and fucking our, every show that like I really liked Succession. I didn't really like Succession, but it was, you know. Um, no, but yeah, yeah, you, you got to detox after the road. Because like I said, like, things can happen. You can see uh, different, like, sides of comics. You can see... Because, uh, like, you, it's also like when you travel, you don't know how everybody travels. And certain people can bring their moods when they travel more than others. Like... I like when I'm dating somebody, I like to do like mini little trips, like the type of trips where it's like you can't legitimately get on an airplane to go there, but it's like there's like a you can you can justify you can justify staying overnight. Like those are the types of trips. So it's like when I was in the Bay Area, it's like Santa Cruz. Uh, if I ever get serious with a girl here, it'll be like, let's, uh, let's do like a weekend in San Diego or Santa Barbara. Like, let's go to, you know, not, not let's go to Denver, but like, let's go to, you know, something not too far, you know, San Inez wine country. 
And the reason I like doing that is because when you see a girl like that, you get to really see like how she travels. So it's like, okay, how are you? How are you guys when you're sharing such a limited space? I, by the way, because it's like I've been traveling so much, like for stand up, like I like when I'm in, I don't look at hotel rooms as luxury. Even when the hotel room is nice, like it's got to be like really spacious. But especially if you share it with a woman, it's like, oh, it's basically like. We in like a, a small ass apart studio apartment, you know. That, that's how I look at it now, especially because I've lived in you know studio apartments by myself and with women. Um, but yeah, yeah, like, but yeah, yeah, I like doing that. And it's like, like I had one girlfriend, like, and she would like, there would always be like some shit when we would travel, you know, like it would be too hot. Her stomach would feel bad. She she she'd have FOMO. She's upset she didn't get to do this, and or we'd be doing something that she wanted to do, and I'd just be like, I mean, this isn't like my favorite thing to do, but I mean, you want to do it, so I'm doing it. And she's like, Well, you're not more into. I need you to be more into it. And then later she tells me that like you know, everybody like it like she went on a lot of bad family vacations, and I'm like, I and then I got to know her family, and I'm like, Well, that fucking checks out, and. <laughs> And like there are comics that are kind of like that. There are comics that you know they have no problem doing their set. They have no problem doing the gig, but just in terms of like traveling well with others and all that, like they could bring some of their their fucking bullshit. And you know you gotta keep it professional, and you can't keep it gangster like you always do. You know. Also, good things get like like Sean Riley who hosted for us. Um, what was what was cool with him was. He's, like, really into jazz. He, like, drove us. So we, like, really just nerded out on a bunch of jazz. We're like, Brazilian jazz. And okay, 1950, getting us some miles, some culture. Oh, how about this? And we were just, like, some disco jazz. And we just sharing, sharing trip hop. We just sharing, like, all different types of jazz. So that, that was fucking fun. But, you know, like, shit can happen. Like, in, in Cleveland, I had uh, my merch stolen. And it was, like, I had, like, because I've been selling these beer cozies instead of T-shirts. Because t-shirts is like, I feel like in order to sell t-shirts, you really got to be like an act where people are like really, really coming out to see you and fucking with your shit. Because for one, just like what it costs to make a t-shirt and then that profit. So like, say it'll cost like, you got a few little graphics, say it'll cost like anywhere from four to six dollars to make a t-shirt. You know, in order to make, really make a profit, you got to sell it for like $40. Say you sell it for twenty twenty five, It's like, all right, so what? You got like a seven, eight dollar profit. So, I mean, it's just like, okay, what, you spent like four to six dollars to make like seven to nine dollars? That don't make sense. But it's like you get the beer cozies, you know, you spend under a dollar to make it, sell it for 10 a pop. And, you know, you just, you can really come up that way. The, the, Ralph Guerra, who's been on this pod, he was the one that like put me on that. And, and yeah, shout out Ralph Guerra. But anyways, yeah, in Cleveland, I had like. I was like going to the bar because our, our uh, point, our point part, our uh, also like the thing about the, the club in Cleveland has some of the best food I ever had at a comedy club. But the thing was like they had so many different like point people. I was like, who's my point person? It was just like too many cooks in the kitchen. Anyway, so I'm going to get a drink, and then I see the owner, and well, the owner sees me rather because I don't know, and the owner's like kind of doing, oh, thank you for doing my club, and he's. You know, it's like a, a way to like old white guys like to do where they're just kind of like really just on there like, yes, welcome to my palace. Please let me know if I can get you anything. The show's letting out and you know, like how old people like just keep on fucking talking. And I'm like, oh, thank you. so. Well, I got to get back to my merch stand, but thank you. And I'm like, this nigga. And then I had like over $100 worth of merch stolen. It is one of those things. It's just like, fuck, that shit happened. And it, it got worked out like... You know, Samuel Bade, he squared up with me. The club sent me home with a bottle. Like, shit, you know, it's shit happens. But the point being, though, things like this can happen, and they, like, put a bad taste in your mouth, and you need to fucking detox, you know. A lot can happen on the road. But, yeah, I was at my mom's place for, like, a few nights, and um, I kept it. I kept it like real on the low. I was like, I only hung out with one friend because the, you know it's fun. It's like also we're going back to the bay. Is like I don't like really have anybody I want to catch up with. 
you know, because everybody I like, there's nobody that like I have enough. All the people that I w- would want to catch up with, I would need like a, a certain amount of history to be like, oh yeah, take me away from like you know the confines of wine and a fully stocked fridge that you know uh, only a parent can have. <laughs> like everything that I need at my disposal and all like the cool cooking utensils I, I've gathered here throughout the years. And yeah, you're going to need to be anyways. I was like, there's not too many people I really want to see. Everybody's like everybody that like I try to do something. Cat- like, what's up? You want to grab a drink real quick? Is like they're like, hey, yeah, why, why don't you come out to the? Hey, can you meet me in Concord? C- can you meet me in a, a fucking Castro Valley? I'm like, no, nigga, I'm in fucking. Oh, I will go to San Francisco at most. And even then, it's like we got to be going to some nice shit. But yeah, it's yeah, it's like nobody really out there I want to see anymore. So it was cool just being like, I didn't hit up. Well, I ain't gonna. I did hit up a few bitches. They didn't hit me back. But this fuck them. But anyways. <laughs> Yeah, 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 light skins do. But so anyway, so I did, I did all that. Uh, did all that, kept it real on the low. Flew back, and I was going to be like, you know what, I'm, I'm going to stay until like I got to get back. Got to get back to work. And then I was like, oh shit, I got a spot at the comedy store. The day after Halloween. It's Halloween. I didn't do anything. Like, it sucked because I wanted to see some ass. Then flew back. Just thank God for clear. Made my flight. I was also flying first class on Delta, so that helped. Made my flight. Got in. Then a friend was like, yo, what's up, man? I had, like, an audition for a commercial, okay? Not, like, my homies don't cross the picket lines. But so I, a, a friend who lives in Riverside was in LA and he's like, yeah, I'm going to be uh, in the area. And he, he actually hit up me and Ralph Guerra and, uh, Ralph was stuck at the rising store. And I was like, damn, he like right near my house. Fuck it. So then we link up and, and like, it was funny. It's like, after we, we had like, uh, you know, drinks and, and some apps, I see this girl in like, uh, like a see-through dress where she's wearing lingerie. And I'm like, and she had a nice ass. So I was like, all right, that's my Halloween eye candy. Cool, cool. I got something in. Also in Pittsburgh, it was like, it was some bitches out there because they was like doing like they pre-Halloween thing. But yeah, yeah, it was a fucking thing to do the comedy store, 1030 spot. I'm like, I'm, I'm tired as all hell. And you know, I never thought like I'd be that. And this, this is like, this is like a good place to be in in comedy. There are like certain milestones. If you were doing stand-up comedy at a comedy club in L.A., that is good. If you're doing comedy in L.A. or New York on a weekend, you're good. You're golden. You're doing comedy in L.A. or New York on a Friday or Saturday, you're good. You know. Um. Anyway, yeah. So I'm at the store, and just you know, I, I, to take you guys uh, uh behind the curtain is uh you 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 get to drink for free. You know when you're performing. So uh. Got to do that. Got got in. Uh, yeah. Anyways, no. It's, you know what's funny is I was like, it was like, no. The point that I was making is, you get to this point where you're like, yo, I am so fucking tired. I don't even want to do. Because I would hear like Joe Prano was a guy where we, Joe Prano would be like, man, I don't even want to fucking do this show, bruh. I don't even want to fucking do this, man. Yeah. Yeah. I'd rather be you know padded in a, a Miller Light or fucking watching surfing or whatever the fuck he does <laughs> I really be playing golf and talking to, to Ruther about Dak you know <laughs> shout out Joe Prano and, and uh, the dirty sports community uh, no nah, man but and I'll be like bro you at the improv why are you acting like a bitch and but then I'm like okay here I am like I got a spot at the store like which you know a lot of plenty of comics would love to be in my position I'm like Oh, I'm so tired. I just want to be in my bed. Then I get on stage, have a good set. And then it's some Mexican bitches with their titties out. I'm like, you know what? I think a nigga just may stay a little bit longer. You know, I got, I'm getting free Casamigos. Like I had a good set. Like, fuck it. And then Chris Estrada from shout out Chris Estrada, Chris Estrada, who, uh, stars on, uh, this fool on Hulu. They're like, he's on this phone. Hulu, get up for Chris Estrada. And like, that applause was, woo! I'm like, oh, man, I ain't getting no pussy, nigga. Fuck that. Like, I, 
<laughs> it just like when somebody's just like kind of famous, and like you see the reaction they get, you're like, oh nigga, fuck that. I thought I could like leave here with a bitch. Nope. Uh, <laughs> oh man, fun times. Um, but yeah, no, and that the and. In Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, like I really felt because it was like it was like I don't know something like two hundred people in there, maybe maybe one seventy five. I don't I don't know how to count these motherfuckers anymore. I just know like oh I know when it's over fifty. I know when it's over seventy five. I know when it's over a hundred. But like the, I know when it's between one fifty to one seventy five, and then when it I can't really tell the difference between one seventy five and two hundred people in a room because I'm not I'm not counting these people. Um, no, but I was on stage and I said, like, I, I really gave him like a, a real fucking show. And at one point I said, this is, this is my last tour date of the year. This is my final tour date of the year. So let's really fucking rock out tonight. And they're like, yeah, yeah. And I came out to, to, I'm prolific. So gifted. I came out to that nip and I gotta say it felt good to really do uh, a North American tour salute to Sammy Obeyed for letting me open on this tour. It's fucking fun. We did. I did sixteen cities in one year with him. All, well, let me all the cities I did. Did um. We did Portland, Seattle, San Diego, Nashville, St. Louis, Indianapolis, Edmonton, Calgary, Montreal, Ottawa, Milwaukee, Columbus. Uh, Cincinnati slash uh, Dayton, Kentucky, however you want to call it. Buffalo, New York, Cleveland, Ohio, Pittsburgh, PA. All in one year. Felt fucking great. Got to, got to meet some really cool people. And, and it just felt... Also, shout out to the comics that like showed love in all these cities too. Because there's a certain thing when you a comic from out of town... A lot of comics may not want to admit this, but it's like, look, you will have like a bit of an ego when you go outside of your city and you're in a scene that's not that's not New York, that's not Chicago. And if you're coming from like in L.A. and you've really put in some work, you do want like a certain amount of respect. And like, the, you know, the, some of the comics in Buffalo, uh, the comics in uh, Columbus, Ohio, the comics in Milwaukee. Like they show like love, respect, a certain curiosity, and not kissing ass. I don't want to. I don't want you to sound like a, like I want my ass kissed. But it's like with comedians and comedy club staff. Because here's the thing: if you've been doing as long as you have, like even if you a motherfucker that don't like my comedy, if you just don't respect me as like an artist as a performer, you a bitch. Yo, mama raised a bitch. I'm just letting you know that because it's like just in order to do what we do. Me, my peers, in order to do that, it's like you really got to stay 10 toes down. It's like, okay, you're like for me, like, okay, you're like 2010 to 2012. We run around on BART doing open mics all around the Bay Area, get trying to uh, get on stage five to seven times a week, keep trying to write, keep writing new material, get 10 minutes, shelve it, try to get a new 10 minutes, shelve it. Try to write current event jokes that you can't use all the time, but you want to have some current event stuff in, in your uh, in your repertoire. You know, uh, 2013 uh, to well, really 2012 to 2015, running a bunch of shows, going all over the place, start making trips down to LA, start doing little road gigs out of state here and there. You know, uh, 20 like 2015. To 2017, you know, going back and forth between L.A., half living there, half living there, dipping our feet in and out, you know, going on what road gigs we can. 2018 to pre-pandemic, you know, running a bunch of shows, you know, still going out of town, uh, trying to collect material, filming sets way before reels was a thing, way before motherfuckers was going viral. Just taping, just having tape just to have it because you never know. Because that's how it was before, like, everybody and their mama was going viral. You know, uh, yeah, I'm not going to, then pandemic happens. We on Zoom, doing sets, you know, doing podcasts, trying to flex other muscles. Then we outside, doing tier restriction shows with the mask, trying not to kill nobody. Vaccine comes out. You get it. You didn't get it. I got it. 
so I could do more shows and move with the community and like somewhat of a guilt-free conscience and take my fucking mask off. Did that and then back out and then fuck it. Some shit happens. Move to LA, set up shop, running seven shows. Like, so to do all that and to be, to remain still relevant, when you come to these other places, you do want, it's like, don't kiss my ass, but still know I, I'm here. So obviously you like, you're not dealing with a fucking open micer, but show me the fucking, show me the fucking respect that I deserve. And to everybody that did that, that really means a lot to me. It really means a lot to me, uh, that, to not be talked to like I'm a little nigga. It means a lot that people recognize the work that's put in. So man, it's, it's been a hell of a year. On the road, felt good. It's come to a close. And I'm fucking grateful for everybody that came. And by the way, people that came to the shows, I like I like I don't know if they'll be fucking listening to this, but if you did come out to a show, I appreciate you coming out to a show. All the comics, I just I feel really grateful. I got to like experience this, and you know, you see what to do, what not to do, uh, how the money works, and just really like a look at the business. So if you are artist and comedian or whatever you have the opportunity to really go on tour and to do some shit outside of where you live i highly and not outside of where you live because i've been like on the road plenty of times but i would mainly work like the west coast you know so to really go like and, and like i did fine like there's nothing i needed to tweak like i'm, I'm you know i'm a1 but <coughs> i highly recommend any artist if you have the opportunity and to really just get out there and just see how your shit looks in front of different audiences, definitely do that. This has been the Let's Unpack That Podcast. I've been your host, Lyle Barons. Thank you very much for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed the road stories. We're going to get uh, to some current events. There's a lot of things that have been talking. We got to talk Wimby. We got to talk the Drake album. We got to talk... Uh, the Drake and Joe Budden thing. We got to talk about what it means. The fact that this has been su such like a light year for like just good hip hop. Uh, what 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 else do we need to talk on uh, future episodes? Uh, is Jonathan Majors? There's been some updates with that. Uh, you know, there's a, there's a, a lot of uh, interesting stuff going on. All, all the the NBA Cup. Uh, we got to talk. About, I, I have some uh, opinions about Adam Silver. We got to talk Dwight Howard. It's a lot of things we got to get into. So uh, next episode, we will definitely be doing that. With that said, hope y'all enjoyed this one, and uh, you know, get, give it a share, rate of five stars, and thank you. Have yourself a nice weekend.